the Young and Healthy Podcast. You're listening to the Cincinnati Children's Young and Healthy Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Cincinnati Children's Young and Healthy Podcast. This is episode six, and I'm Kate Setter, your host today. I am a member of the Cincinnati Children's Communications team, and I'm super excited to be joined in the studio today by our guests, Dr. Adam Powell and Dr. Bill Hardy. And we are talking about chest pain. And this topic is one that we know has been really of interest to families because we have a blog post on the topic. And it's viewed thousands of times every month. It's also been commented on 761 times. We looked that up this morning. So these are parents who found this content and have commented on the blog post with their own questions about it. So Dr. Powell, I'm going to start with you. Will you just tell us a little bit about um, who you are, what your... um, what you do here at Cincinnati Children's and why this topic of chest pain is of interest to you. Absolutely. Thanks for uh, having us today. So uh, I'm Adam Powell. I'm one of the pediatric cardiologists here at Cincinnati Children's, and, and I have a specific interest in chest pain, especially chest pain that happens with exercise and that affects the ability of kids to perform up to their potential with sports. So I've been here for about three years, and over the past three years, I've uh, seen a ton of kids with chest pains in, in, in my clinic. And, um, and first off, to start off, chest pain is very frightening. Uh, anytime your child says that their heart hurts or their chest hurts, uh, as a parent myself, it, it, it's absolutely terrifying. But thankfully, heart causes, the scary causes of chest pain are very rare. Um, it's actually the least common cause of chest pain or heart causes of chest pain. I think that is wonderful to kind of put on the table right away, that this isn't super scary in most instances. Um, Dr. Hardy, will you help us um, kind of understand your role in this conversation? Because you're coming at this from a pulmonary perspective, yes? Yes, I'm a pediatric pulmonologist. And... Uh, We do get referrals sometimes for chest pain as well. Um, Often it's not clear to families the cause for the chest pain. Is it, uh, could it be a potential pulmonary cause? Could it be a heart cause? So we we often work together with a cardiologist to get a better history of the patient. Why are they having chest pain? And what is the potential etiology? Is there a role for the lung? And I'll I'll also echo what uh, Adam said. It's pretty unusual to have a pulmonary cause for a chest pain. Uh, chest pain does, is, is a pretty unusual manifestation from any type of a lung ailment. But one thing that Dr. Powell has pointed out is that especially in younger children, uh, they will have chest tightness, which can be hard to distinguish between chest pain. Especially the younger the child, the harder it is for them to sort of tell you, I have chest pain or chest tightness. So sometimes, a child who's saying that they have chest pain may in fact have a pulmonary etiology that's not exactly pain, but it's more just that their chest is tight. And some of the most common conditions that cause chest tightness is that of asthma or reactive airways disease. So we can often work together with uh, families to help d- uh, identify if there might be a pulmonary cause that might be causing chest, I would say chest discomfort, not necessarily chest pain. 
And so that's something that, you know, that where we get involved in this type of scenario. So I love that I have a cardiologist and a pulmonologist sitting here with me telling me that chest pain usually is not one of these scary things, which is fantastic. I love that. Um, what are the common causes? I mean, they're clearly with the, the traffic that we get on this blog post, um, parents are looking for help because their kids are saying their chests hurt. What is it typically then? Well, the common causes vary a little bit on by age, but far and away the most common cause of chest pain is chest wall pain or muscle pain. We don't think of the chest as being very muscular, but in between every rib, there are several muscles that connect the ribs together. And every time you take a big breath in, breathe out, twist, turn, you're moving those muscles and tweaking those muscles. Um, and so if you pull one of those muscles or strain one of those muscles, um, you injure it doing an activity you're not used to doing, such as uh, an old man trying to do a backflip off a diving board at my kid's pool. Um, it, you can hurt one of those muscles and it can hurt for several days. Um, the other thing too, especially in younger kids, they can have growing type pains that can affect the chest. Um, it's still chest wall pain and chest muscle pain, but that's far and away the most common cause of chest pain. Yeah, I want to add one of my favorite diagnoses, uh, that causes chest pains is something called precordial catch syndrome or Texador's twinge. And I know this well because I had this when I was a kid. And it manifests as this really sudden, sharp, almost like a stabbing pain, often over the left side. And it gets worse when you take a breath in. And it used to scare me quite a bit when I was a child. And I had no idea where it came from. Um, so I'll, not uncommonly, you know, a few times a year, I'll have kids come into my clinic with, with this type of a history. And I can reassure them that this is a very benign um, cause of chest pain. We don't know exactly what causes it. We think it's probably some type of a muscle spasm. But, um, yeah, th you know, that's a nice example, uh, you know, from a personal experience and from something that I see in my clinic as a, as a common cause of chest pain. But I imagine something, like, so sharp for a parent. Their kiddo comes saying that the left side of my chest hurts really, really bad. I, as a parent, it would be hard not to think, oh, my goodness, yeah. can heart attacks happen in kids? Like, that sounds really scary. Um, so I'm glad to hear that it's, you know, there's, there's another explanation for it. But is a heart attack ever something a parent should be worried about in a child? That is something that parents often think. You know, mm -hmm. parents often think their child's having a heart attack mm -hmm. um, because grandpa or grandpa had a heart attack. Mm -hmm. um, and... and, and Fortunately, kids don't really, it's, it's really unusual for kids to have a true blockage of their coronary arteries, which is normally what happens when older people have sudden cardiac arrest. Um, the most common type of heart, um, most common heart abnormality that can cause sudden cardiac death is something called cardiomyopathy or heart muscle disease. The... Um, the thing about that, though, is it's often highly genetic, and so people in the family often tend to have a, a very strong family history of cardiomyopathy, and so that can be very helpful, as well as a history of passing out with exercise um, or having palpitations and then passing out with palpitations. Second most common cause of sudden cardiac death or heart cause of chest pain is um, the coronary arteries, the small blood vessels that feed the heart muscle. Um, or either you know weren't made properly maybe they insert someplace they shouldn't go or they take a twist or a turn they shouldn't turn um, and, and that can lead to um, 
problems giving oxygen to the heart muscle itself. Um, and then probably the third most common is arrhythmias, dangerous heart rhythms, uh, dangerous heartbeats, which are also uncommon and also tend to have a, a, a very strong family history. Multiple people in the family have pacemakers or implantable defibrillators or have also had issues with arrhythmias at really young ages, in teenagers, 20s. So again, thankfully, the heart causes, the scary, life-threatening causes of chest pain are, are very rare. Um, and the, the kind of clues, the red flags to us are, um, are, are a little bit different. And, and, and some of those red flags would be uh, chest pain that only happens with exercise, chest pain that doesn't get better or worse based on anything you do, meaning big breaths in, coughing, moving, holding your chest, laying down, sitting up. You can't do anything to make it better or worse. Or passing out when you have the chest pain, particularly passing out during exercise. Those are all things that's very concerning. Uh, other things that's concerning is if you have like really, really sharp, ex uh, excruciating pain during an illness uh, with fevers and coughing and, 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 and kind of pneumonia type issues. Um, if you're having high fevers with the chest pain, that could be something called pericarditis. Um, but that normally doesn't happen uh, outside of fevers. Um, and again, these are very, very, very unusual. We're gonna take just a brief pause to introduce two new hosts to the Cincinnati Children's Young and Healthy podcast. Rosie Bellman and Michael English are also members of our communications team, and they're gonna be hosting upcoming episodes. So we wanted to give you just a an introduction to their voices and to them. And Rosie, take it away. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Rosie Bellman. I've worked at Cincinnati Children's for a year and a half now, and I'm so excited to be a part of the Young and Healthy podcast. I'm really looking forward to bringing a new um, non-parent perspective to the podcast and meeting all our amazing guests. And Michael, will you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Sure. Thanks, Kate. Hello, everyone. My name is Michael English. I've been at Cincinnati Children's for two and a half years. Um, I have two kids. Uh, one is four and one is not really a kid anymore. She's 22. But I'm really looking forward to speaking with guests and addressing a lot of concerns, issues, or any other points of interest that parents uh, that come to Cincinnati Children's may have. We're so excited to have both of you joining us. Thank you for um, for wanting to do this, for for volunteering to be part of it. And now we're back to the show, and we will hear from you both again in upcoming episodes. Thank you. So you mentioned sports, and so sports has me thinking asthma as well as mm -hmm. you know some of those younger kids that might feel that tightness in their chest that could actually be asthma. Um, how, do, how can families differentiate just between a heart that's beating fast from, um, from physical activity and something that is worrisome? And same thing on the, you know, kind of the pulmonary side, a kiddo who's breathing hard from physical activity or one who's struggling to breathe. Well, I think for one, the timing of it, I think, helps a lot too if every time the kid exercises every time the child exercises they have chest pain and this has been going on for months or even years um, I think that's pretty low risk of it being a heart issue versus it's happened only once 
Um, and it was only with exercise, and nothing made it better, nothing made it worse, and it was extremely, extremely excruciating. I think also chest pain that happens with at rest or with very little activity is also probably unlikely to be the heart versus the chest pain that only happens when you're really, really, really exerting yourself and really working hard. Um, uh, chest pain that has shortness of breath with it, wheezing with it, um, is kind of Dr. Hardy's department, but that's also reassuring that it's not the heart. Um, and uh, I think the other thing to kind of remember too is, you know, as I mentioned before, the chest is very muscular. There's a lot of muscles there. And so when you're exercising and, and working really hard, um, breathing really deep, you're running a, running a hard race, you know, those muscles will tire out just like your legs can tire out. Your arms can tire out if you're lifting weights or if you're pitching or if you're a pitcher. And so sometimes these feelings of chest pain can just be chest muscle fatigue as well. And it can be challenging to kind of differentiate and try to understand the differences between the two. And that's kind of where, you know, having a, a good relationship with your pediatrician can be very helpful because they can talk with you and, and, and have a visit and examine and, and, kind of, um, and kind of tease some of, these, some of these details out. And if they get concerned, they um, can then refer on to whoever they think would be better to see them, whether it's pulmonology or cardiology or any other sort of specialist. Uh, this cardiorespiratory sports clinic is specifically for these type of situations where a child is having some limitation when they exercise, whether it may be chest pain or it may be shortness of breath or a combination of the two. Mm -hmm. It's pretty common, and it is hard to tell the difference um, by history. And sometimes, you know, Adam and I will go in and we'll both see the same patient, and we, we still can't quite tell what the cause for this is. I think, again, to reiterate for the audience, probably the, the things you really want to be worried about are if, a, if the patient passes out you know, dur you know, during exercise, um, if there's a family history of any kind of a heart disease, especially any kind of a um, heart disease at a younger age, uh, if there's an unexplained death in an immediate family member be before the age of 50, what else am I leaving, leaving out for other causes of... I think yeah. th those are the big ones. And, and then basically chest pain that you can't do anything to make it better or worse. So yeah. we call those chest pains reproducible, mm -hmm. meaning that you can do something to reproduce to make yeah. the pain happen, either better or worse. And if, that, if they have that, by definition, it's not the heart. Um, because you know the heart's inside your rib cage. And so if I can touch my chest or big twist or turn or move or take a big breath in or cough and make it hurt, um, the heart's protected by the ribs, and so uh, you know I, I can't do anything to make it hurt by going inside my ribs. Everything's on the outside. So yeah, if, I, if I'm a, <clears throat> I'm a parent. So I was gonna say if I'm a, if I was a parent, if if my uh, child was having chest pain, shortness of breath during exercise, the things that I would want to re uh, reinforce with them is that if any of these warning signs we just discussed, you know, the passing out, persistent chest pain, family history of heart disease. If those are if those are occurring, that needs to be addressed uh, pretty soon. And that, those are things that we we both worry about, and that we're going to investigate you know, with great detail. After that, then it then it's uh, I don't want to say it's less serious, um, but then it's um, you know the differential, as we say in medicine, the differential becomes. Um, more focused on uh, potential respiratory causes, and those could be, like you mentioned, exercise-induced asthma, which can cause a chest tightness, a shortness of breath, and it can sometimes, those patients will sometimes feel chest pain as well. Um, 
There's also uh, a breathing dysfunction that can commonly occur, especially in the younger adolescent patients, where their, um, their vocal cords will close up when they're trying to breathe in. We call that vocal cord dysfunction. It's very common, especially, again, in the younger teenagers. Probably more common than exercise-induced asthma. And another thing is something we call dysfunctional breathing, where they where they simply, uh, their breathing is not well coordinated when they're exercising. So they don't have a good rhythm when they breathe. Um, and that can also lead to some shortness of breath and, and distress in the, you know, the young athlete. So these are things that um, we see these pretty commonly. Um, they can be a little hard to sort out just by history. So, in some, so often we will see those patients get a good history Often we'll do a, what's called a pulmonary function test where we'll assess what their breathing is. We really want to make sure that there's no clear evidence of underlying asthma. Often we'll get an EKG um, to assess if they have any underlying, um, uh, what should I say, heart disease or uh, rhythm dysfunction. So we'll get an EKG um, to further evaluate the heart. And then uh, in cases where it's still not clear, we'll do a formal exercise test where we'll put the child either on a bike or a treadmill and, and you know, basically stress them so we can better assess what's going on. So I think that that is so helpful to understand. Like these are, these are the red flags and this is kind of, this is how we dig deep to understand where this is coming from. If we go back to those kids who have the pain that is reproducible that is kind of um you know on that spectrum of okay this isn't as concerning um might still be worth talking to the pediatrician about it sounds like but um is there anything parents can do to help those kiddos be more comfortable because it's still painful even if it isn't sign of an underlying condition that could be scary yeah absolutely and i think probably the first thing i would do is um, you know, if, if you're a parent and your child's having chest pain, just take a moment, pause, have a breath, and then talk to them. Try to figure out where exactly it's hurting, what's making the pain worse, what's making the pain better. And if you can pinpoint the thing that's making it worse, have them try to avoid it. Sometimes you can't. You know, if, if they say, it hurts every time I breathe, well, there's not only so much you can do for that. If you feel that um, if this has been pain, it's been going on for, very, for a long time, and you can touch their chest and it hurts, and they're saying it hurts when they breathe, hurts when they cough, and you feel very comfortable that's not the heart, um, or your pediatrician sees you, it, it says that it's not the heart, um, then uh, the one thing we can often do... I need to start over. No, no. Okay. Um, just an unannounced visitor yes, from our lovely Vernon Manor construction workers. It's very beautiful out there. It is, yes. Uh, what were we talking about? Yes. Um, so if, if, if we do feel that this is muscle-related, this is chest wall-related, there's mm -hmm. several um, kind of somewhat, they sound simple, but they can work a lot um, with kids with chest pain. First off, um, ibuprofen or Motrin. Um, you can take that medicine three times a day for about a week or so. Um, what it can do is it helps a little bit with the pain, but it really helps with the inflammation. It helps the area calm down, area heal. You can also try warm compresses, sometimes gentle massage, sometimes gentle stretches. But really, the, the other major thing is just patience. Oftentimes, this pain will just go away. 
um, and it'll just get better on its own, especially if it's in a young child who's having some sort of growing type pains or if it's uh, a muscle strain in an older child who you know, did something they're not used to doing, you know, digging holes, but go playing on a trampoline all weekend. Sometimes it just needs some time uh, for just gradually get better and improve. I think I would just add, um, we, we didn't touch on a couple other systems that can cause chest pain in children. Um, acid reflux, which is defined as stomach acid, which normally as, as stays within the stomach to help digest food. That can occasionally um, come up the esophagus or the feeding tube and uh, can cause pain. There are pain receptors that are within the esophagus. And that those pain receptors uh, can be perceived by children or adults as being chest pain. So acid reflux is not an uncommon cause of chest pain in adults and an uncommon but still potential cause for chest pain in children. And then um, Adam talked a little bit about how it's important to ask, have the patients you know, relax if they're having chest pain. Because again, it's very uncommon that this is a really serious underlying heart disease. But uh, anxiety is another cause of chest pain, actually pretty common, especially in the teenage you know, population. So that could be a root cause. So if a child does have some um, underlying um, anxiety or, or acute issues that they're worried about, you know, when I get stressed, I'll sometimes get a headache Sometimes if I'm about to give a talk like now, I might get a stomach ache. <laughs> and the same thing can happen in the chest, right? Mm -hmm. it's, this, it's, you know, it's, it's all, you know, sort of the, the, uh, an unusual body, you know, re body's reaction to stress. So, so chest pain can be a sign of, of anxiety. It's hard to rule that out. You know, it's hard to say with absolute you know, certainty that's what's going on. So that's where the differential diagnosis comes in. And again, it can also be an enhancer of pain. So if you are having chest pain for another reason and you're anxious, then it's going to be amplified. And I would argue, actually, that before COVID, uh, anxiety and stress-induced chest pain was probably the second most common type of chest pain. But since COVID and, and all the stress that we've been living in for the past 15 months or so, uh, it's probably tied for chest wall pain. It's probably tied for muscle pain. Um, and just, just kind of like Dr. Hardy said, you know, even if it's not necessarily causing the pain, it's not necessarily making it worse. You know, your chest is hurting, which makes you stressed. It makes you anxious. It makes you think about your chest hurting, which makes your stress worse. And you kind of end up with this vicious feedback yeah. loop. Um, I've been seeing a, a ton of kids that way. And, um, and, and it, I think it's a little bit of a sign with the times. Uh, a little bit. So it is something I would consider, especially for the chest pain that's been lasting for a long time. Mm -hmm. Chest pain has been lasting for s several weeks to months. And I think, um, yeah, Adam, I think you touched on this, but actually COVID itself seems to be in the subpopulation of kids causing chest pain. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and, and, and so some kids can have chest pain both when they're sick uh, with COVID, much like if you have the flu or mm -hmm. you have um, a regular cold, sometimes you can have chest pain, you can have chest pain with that, and then some kids can have kind of nagging chest pain and nagging chest fatigue that can last for weeks to even months after COVID. Um, fortunately, if, you know, if, if they weren't hospitalized and they weren't quite ill with COVID, it seems like the chance that they have heart damage is, is very, very low. Um, but it doesn't mean that their chest isn't hurting. It doesn't take away from the fact that they're very uncomfortable. Um, and, and 
you know, for the, for kiddos who are having chest pain after COVID, we still recommend having them see their pediatrician to make sure that their heart sounds okay and that everything with the heart seems healthy and they don't have any COVID-related heart damage. But if they do feel like it's chest wall pain, then we typically do a lot of the same things we do um, for the for the, the children who have other types of pain. So ibuprofen, rest, heat, a gentle massage. So I want to go back to the sports for just one second because it does um, sound like that's kind of the situation in which um, some of these that are more serious could potentially surface for, for kids is during exercise and during sports. So sports physicals are um, an important part of um, well visits for, for children and the medical care that they get kind of on an ongoing basis. Is screening for heart-related conditions part of that process um, or, you know, should it be? Absolutely. So um, I, I think the having a, a really solid established relationship with your pediatrician is, is very important with this. I mean, we've um, been talking a lot about these nuanced things and having an established relationship with your pediatrician is really important with this, um, both if your child is having chest pain, but also in preparation for sports. Um, there are the state of Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, uh, most states have uh, official forms that require their uh, young athletes to complete and have a pediatrician sign off on before starting sports. And those forms usually ask several questions. Um, of those usually include, has, has the athlete ever passed out uh, or had syncope is the doctor term uh, during sports? Have they ever had chest pain during sports? Has anybody in the family ever been diagnosed with heart disease before the age of 50 or had sudden cardiac death before the age of 50? Or has anybody in the family ever had any uh, genetic heart disease, things such as cardiomyopathy, the heart muscle disease we talked about before, uh, or uh, genetic or inherited arrhythmias? Um, and those are all screening questions that can kind of help the pediatrician know, you know, is any additional testing needed? You know, should they maybe see a cardiologist so that maybe they can have uh, EKG testing, an exam by a cardiologist, maybe a genetic evaluation, uh, cardiac imaging, things along those lines. In general, though, if all those questions are no and the uh, exam with the pediatrician goes well and the pediatrician doesn't have any concerns, then the risk of sudden cardiac death should be really low and, and, and they should be able to be cleared to, to play sports without any concerns or any reservation. So we have a couple of scenarios that we pulled from the comments on the blog post that I mentioned at the beginning. Would you guys be up for kind of listening to these stories that parents have yeah, absolutely. Sounds fun. Yeah. Have presented, and then we'll come up with a differential, yeah. and we'll uh, we'll figure out um, your thoughts on these. So the first one is: My son is 11. Yesterday, while sitting down, he had a sharp pain down his left arm and wrist that brought him to tears. And tonight, he woke up complaining of sharp pain in his chest and that his left wrist and leg were hurting. Is this normal for his age? Well, for me, is, is it normal? No. But is it necessarily concerning for a heart no. problem? Not necessarily. Um, the fact that the pain is lingering, the fact that the pain's lasting for several, several hours, that it's happening mostly at rest, um, and it's also in, including places that don't 
we don't typically see with heart pain, leg pain. Um, we don't typically see a lot of arm pain because that's, n that's mostly in a, an adult heart attack type pain type symptom and kids rarely have those kind of symptoms. Um, I would be interested to know what he was doing um, when the pain started. What was he doing outside? Was he doing something that he normally does? Was he um, doing something he doesn't normally do? Maybe his body's not used to whatever activity he was doing. Um, I, I would be a little bit um, sus more suspicious of chest wall pain or chest muscle pain, but I do think it'd be very reasonable to have a, a visit with a pediatrician so they can listen, so they can exam, um, and then maybe even do an EKG. Um, just to, just to kind of have a, a, a little bit more reassurance. Um, it does not sound that they urgently need to come to the emergency department, um, but hopefully, you know, a visit within the next several days. Sounds like a good plan. I like it. Um, the second one is my daughter is seven, and for the last three weeks, she randomly complains to me that her heart is burning and she feels a sharp pain in it. When she complains, I notice that she is either lounging around or has eaten. She is in perfect weight range and has been healthy her whole life. What could this be and is it normal? So I think that's also something that it's not normal, but it, but it doesn't necessarily raise any red flags for the heart. Um, if anything, uh, some of the red flags it raises for is some of the stomach causes of, of chest pain, things that neither one of us uh, see too often, but anytime someone has chest pain, chest burning shortly after eating or when they're lying flat, um, it makes me concerned for acid reflux. Um, I would be, uh, I think this is, would be a, a child who would be really, um, it would be a pediatrician visit would be a great thing to do so they can talk a little bit more, have a good exam, maybe do a dietary history. Maybe these are happening after a certain type of food. Um, maybe it's happening. Um, because they're eating supper too late and they're immediately lying down uh, as soon as supper is done. Um, so there might be some easy things they can do short of even adding medications. Um, or maybe they will add a medication just to, one, prove that it's the problem that we think it is, we prove that it's reflux, and B, get rid of it and, 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 and to treat it. Uh, I'll also offer up um, another case presentation that's super um, super common, I see this all the time, and this happened to me in college. And so um, this is probably one of the most common stories I hear. Um, so in, in college, I played basketball, and I started having uh, issues with chest pain with activity. I don't even think I ever told you this, Bill. Um, so I started having chest pain with basketball, and they actually held me out of practice for a week, and it was terrifying, and I had to see a cardiologist, and, and I was really nervous, and I had to get echoes and exercise tests and everything and um, I thought I was never going to play basketball again. I thought something was really, really bad and the cardiologist saw me and said, yes, Adam, it's chest wall pain. You have muscle pain. And then instantly I just felt better. I felt a weight lifted and then I went back to practice. I started practicing and going back in the gym and lifting weights and then I had an oh, by the way thought um, that every time the day after I do a certain exercise in the weight room uh, and for me it was dips. When you kind of go in the bars and you dip down and come up, um, the next day I would have really bad chest pain uh, whenever I exercised. And once I eliminated that exercise and stopped doing that exercise, my chest pain went away. Um, and I didn't realize that at the time because I wasn't thinking about other causes of chest pain. I was just thinking about my heart and, and, and I was frankly terrified. Um, but once I kind of thought through what could be causing it was the timing of it, what normally happens when it's happening. 
um, I was able to to find and uh, to find the offending agent, find the thing that was bothering me, and get rid of it. <laughs> and become a pediatric cardiologist. Exactly. <laughs> so the story the story started there. <laughs> it came full circle. If there is a sudden cardiac arrest, I think we've spent the whole half hour talking about it. Usually is not, but it does happen. Um, if somebody witnesses a sudden cardiac arrest, what should they do? So the first thing someone should do is someone should call nine one one. Someone should call 911 and ask for help, um, both from the 911 and anybody who's around. Um, one person should immediately go to the person. I, hopefully, someone is around who has basic CPR training or, or, or basic life-saving training. But even if you don't, um, the, the person can check to see if they're responsive. Hey, hey mister, hey, ma'am, are you, are you awake? Are you okay? And if they're not responding, um, someone should start chest compressions, while the person who's the helper should be calling 911, and ideally someone else should be trying to find an AED, which is an automated external defibrillator. Um, studies show that um, early use of AEDs um, are very, very helpful and very beneficial at allowing someone to survive um, a case of sudden cardiac arrest. Um, and so. As soon as one can be located, um, you know, place the pads. Um, it's it's relative. It's actually quite easy to do. Um, I've done it myself, both as a doctor and out and out and about around town. Um, it, it's pretty simple. To, the, the instructions are loud. Um, it tells you when the pads are on the right place. It tells them if the pads are not on. It tells you if to shock. It tells you if you're not shock. But really, the, as promptly as we can put that on the chest, the better. And if there's one not available, then compressions, um, starting basic CPR, and, and hopefully having the ambulance and the EMS arrive as early as possible. Um, and again, for children, this is very, very rare. Um, episodes of sudden cardiac arrest in, in children are very rare. Um, but when it happens, it's terrifying. And unfortunately, it does often happen during sports and, and during sporting competitions. The other thing that's probably a little bit more common uh, at sports and sporting competitions are sudden cardiac arrest in parents and grandparents who are there too. And so um, it's always nice to know, you know, where are the, where are the available AEDs, you know, where, um, where are the athletic trainers, where are the coaches, where are the people that can help in, in, in cases like this, where are the people with training for, um, in case something terrible like that happens. Yeah, what, um, I carry an AED in my car, actually. Uh, and uh, part of the reason is that I learned that your chance of survival decreases by 10% every minute you don't have an um, AED activated. So CPR is obviously, as, as Adam said, is, is absolutely key. Start that right away after you call for help. But uh, having an AED and using that, and you know, I think we'd want to reinforce to the parents listening that you don't have to be have a medical training to do an AED. They're very simple to use, and they can be, can be life-saving. Excellent reminder. Thank you. And still calling 911 in all of those situations as quickly as possible, right? Absolutely. Fantastic. Is there anything either of you would like to add um, as we round out this conversation? So I, I think the um, my, my closing thought is, you know, if your child's having chest pain, um, just take a moment, take a big breath in, um, talk to your child. Uh, if it's in sports, um, have them stop playing. Talk to them. Figure out what's going on. What's making it better. What's making it worse. Um, 
if they the pain's been lasting for a long period of time, I would probably generally feel better. This is, isn't the heart. Um, things that would make me feel worse or, or make me feel concerned um, that it could be the heart is chest pain that only happens with exercise and has not been, and only with strenuous exercise, really hard exercise. Chest pain that doesn't get better or worse based on anything you do, breathing, moving, position changes, um, or any child who has passing out during exercise. Um, even more so if someone answers yes to one of those questions and there is a strong family history of heart disease. Uh, I think if, if any of those are present, then I think I would definitely encourage a, a conversation with your pediatrician so they can decide um, how best to proceed and, and maybe even referral to, to, to come see uh, us, one of our colleagues. The bottom line is chest pain in children is rarely severe. It's frightening for children. We certainly understand that. Um, but short of the, th the items that Adam just talked about, uh, we, can, uh, we can reassure families that this is almost always something that's a passing benign, benign situation. Uh, but we're always happy to work with pediatricians or the families directly to help sort out what the other possible causes are and what the treatments are. Fantastic. Thank you both so much for your time and for this conversation. I very much appreciate it. And we will be back next week with another episode of Cincinnati Children's Young and Healthy Podcast. Thank you. Thank you again for having yeah, us. Fun. This episode was recorded on July 13th, 2021. The content of the Young and Healthy Podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Our theme music was produced by Stephen Grieco. This episode was produced by Symphony Pitts. Thanks for listening and join us again next week. Follow Cincinnati Children's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.